to the third episode of Dangerous Games Podcast. As always, I am here with my beautiful, stunning, lovely, gorgeous co-host, Mrs. Squirts, Sarah, the original Mrs. Breaker. And I am Courtney from Reckless Cards. We are excited to have you here. We appreciate you joining us for another episode. Um, Today is a Courtney-centric episode, and I'm going to be taking it way back way back before the roaring 20s to the early 1900s like 19 aughts are you excited about this i am i'm kind of nervous like i don't know what goes back that far so this one is not a murder case oh this no this one is a robbery okay dr evil (laughs) one billion dollars oh Let's do it. Now, this episode is about the life and crimes of Jerome Willis Downs, a.k.a. Red Downs. And for this episode, I brought out the one and only T206 card that I own. It is an SGC2, and it is of Mr. Mr. Downs himself. He's a good-looking dude, man. He's a good-looking From, like, the 1900s, yeah. I mean, that's probably like nike today yeah Mm -hmm. he lived an interesting life and i'm going to i'm going to tell you all about it and uh he didn't murder anyone and so it's a little bit more lighthearted today not as like gruesome no nothing gruesome no you know i mean it's sort of tragic it's it's quite tragic but nobody nobody was murdered so that's 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 a positive spin on this so um we'll start with his early life there's not a lot known about him because obviously it was the 1900s i was i was saying that i had found i i uh, subscribed to newspapers.com i highly recommend that if you're into like weird stuff like this you you do sign up for that because i have access now to like newspapers from all over the country as many as were printed and it is the coolest thing i found you find so much more information than just like googling someone's name yeah, there's like articles written about them and all sorts of, of like fun stuff. So, Downs was born August 23rd, 1883, in Neowa. I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Neowa, Iowa. His father Willis Downs was 31, and his mother Emily Jane Sexton was 28. And like in 1883, that feels kind of old to be having it a baby. Does. No, I agree. He did have one older sister named mm-hmm. Jessie May, and she was eight years older than him. Whoa. And that's really all that I know about his family. I tried to find, you know, I went on like Ancestry.com. Right. And that's even how I found his sister's name and his parents' name. Because like even his Wikipedia page does not have anything about his family. Hmm. So um, not much more is known about his family or childhood. And he never had any children of his own. Um, at the age of 20 in 1903, he played for several minor league baseball teams, including the Fort Scott Giants, the Guthrie Senators, and the Topeka White Sox. In 1906, at 23 years old, he married Bessie uh, McNair on September 18th. So that was cool. That was he was married. He never they never had children though, which again not super common back then. 
1906 was a busy year for Red as he also led the Western Association with eight home runs, leading to the, his signing with the Detroit Tigers. Now, you're not a big baseball person, right, Sarah? So do you know what the Western Association is in baseball, minor league baseball? It is the name of five different leagues formed in American minor league baseball during the 19th and 20th centuries. And it was ma- mainly like um, like Midwestern teams. Downs had a batting average of uh, 227 so eh, in 241 major league games and played second base for the Detroit Tigers. Um, in 1907 and 1908. Now, as a Cubs, as a Chicago person, Jeremy's a Cubs fan, those those years are pretty memorable for us because those were the two years that the Cubs won the World Series, 1907 oh, wow. 1908. And that was their last win until, you know, 2016. So very memorable dates for us. Uh, at 25 years old, he had won two American League pennants with the, the Tigers because they won both of the pennants that, in 1907 and 1908 when he played with them. Um and that's a big deal. And he even played in two of the World Series games against the Cubs in 1908. And he scored a run and he got an RBI, which that's that's a big deal to say that you did that in a World Series. Right. Um, Detroit ended up losing both games, obviously, to the Cubs. So, you know, but he still got to play in a World Series. And not very many people can say that. So after losing two World Series to the Chicago team, uh, Downs was acquired by another team in the Windy City my personal favorite Chicago team, the White Sox in 1909. Downs got onto the team, the train, headed to Chicago from Detroit, getting ready to go for spring training. And then he got off the train and never got back on board. He did not end up playing a single game with the White Sox. He just Hmm. got off the train. Weird. Yeah. Some of this is going to make sense. When we get yeah. around, you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense now. I get it. So he ended up back in the minors with the Minneapolis Millers, which I think might be this team that he's on in this thing. He's, he's Look at the bottom. Does it say on the bottom or is it just? It just says Downs, Minneapolis, and he's wearing Minneapolis in the Probably. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So he ended up playing in the minors uh, uh, with the Minneapolis Millers for the 1909 season. And he was offered a chance to play in the majors again with the Senators in Washington. But he decided that that was not worth his time because it was like all the way far away on the other side of the country. And they were only presumably going to have him play a couple games. So he was like, I'm not, he's like, basically, I'm not right. my whole life. waste his time. All the way out there. Yeah. yeah. So he did sign on with another crew of Senators still in the minor leagues, um, from Columbus, so Ohio. But he played really well with them, and then he was drafted to the Brooklyn Dodgers, but ultimately played nine games with them. Now, a lot of people probably, not probably, but a lot of younger people probably don't know that the Los Angeles Dodgers were actually the Brooklyn Dodgers. Dodgers. I I do know that for not knowing crap. I do know that. Some people, some people don't. So it's it's a cool little thing. And he played on the Dodgers when they were in Brooklyn. That's cool. So in 1912, Downs uh, ended back up in you know Chicago, well where he was supposed to be, but with the Cubs, his rivals from 1907 and 1908, and he played shortstop shortstop with them, hmm. so second base shortstop. 
And uh, he was reported to be a good addition to the team by Sporting Life magazine in 1912. They said he's like, he's good. He's, he's filling in great. And he can, he can bat a little, which would, you know, hopefully his batting average is better than it was in the minors because that wasn't that great. My <laughs> <laughs> 1913 Downs had played all over the Midwest for a slew of teams, and his major league career was coming to an end. Like, he was back and forth between the minors and majors, but he would never play for a major league team again. Um, remember the 1900s, baseball players, even professional baseball ones, were not um, celebrities that they are now. It's like a lot of them had jobs, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a very overly lucrative career. Um, right. Most players they had second jobs, uh, and the average salary for a baseball player in like the ni- early 1900s was two thousand dollars a year. This is equivalent to about sixty-eight thousand dollars in spending power now, which isn't bad, but not nearly comparable to the millions right. and millions. And millions that mm-hmm. they made. <laughs> yeah, it was actually not until Babe Ruth in the 20s that ball players became celebrities. And uh, to be fair. Babe Ruth wasn't, you know, just a ball player. He was also a movie star, a vaudevillain performer, a barnstormer, a pitchman for every conceivable product that was given to him. He's like, yes, I will, I will sell that. I will make money from that. Give me, give me, give me. Um, and he was also a nationally syndicated magazine columnist. I don't know if you knew that, but he was Babe Ruth. No. Which I found interesting. And I just, I was doing a little research about 1900s baseball because it was intriguing and, I, well, it's so I, different than what's today. I mean, they don't, you know, it, they don't have to do all that stuff if they don't mm-hmm. want to they make enough money. And they're not like smoking and drinking beer and running the base. It was a like all the rest of them. And like that kind of lifestyle, that like drinking and like not having to be like the most physically fit, I feel like was the downfall of a lot of these guys. It feels mm-hmm. like it maybe certainly was for Downs. Um, Downs was none of those things. He did not do all of that. He wasn't making all of that kind of money. But in 1913, he headed down to California. So he finally did decide to move across country to beautiful, sunny San Francisco to play for the Seals, which was a minor league team. He played on the team all the way until 1916. And he uh, won a PCL championship with the team. So the Pacific Coast League, you know, he was with the That I do know. Yeah. So he won that. And in 1917, he managed the team and led them to another PCL pennant. Hmm. So that's really cool. And then July of that year, he resigned from the SEALs and signed on with the LA Angels, where he won his where he won another and his final PCL pennant. So this is where remember I was talking about like the lifestyle baseball players and they're drinking and partying right. and browsing, and it wasn't like it is now. It was around this time that Downs is rumored to have like had a, a pretty serious drinking problem. He later somewhat confirms that. Um and you're it's pretty it's pretty solid that he had a drinking problem um because he makes a statement later on to the la times and you're like somebody like some of his choices weren't the best coming up like you know getting off the train to go to the white Sox just randomly for no reason (laughs) (laughs) i didn't mean like okay but um as of 1924 downs was still active in baseball and he helped organize the professional ball players of america i think this is so cool uh, the organiza- organization carried on for a number of years, assist- assisting ill and needy former ball players. Um, and Downs served as the director of that organization through 1925. So he helped set it up. Wow. And then it basically helped 
because again, they didn't make all that kind of money and some of them had problems. And so, and you know, it was the middle of the twenties. So this was like very like roaring twenties era. And these people maybe were suffering a little, maybe he saw a little bit of himself in these players that were all like, so in 1929, as the economic expansion of the roaring twenties came to an end and the stock market crashed, the great depression put a stranglehold on the country. It hit downs really, really hard, and he was severely down on his luck. Maybe his pride prevented him from actually seeking help from his own organization, but he probably should have, because his next choice would change his entire life, and not in a good way. In 1932, while at a party at the historic Bilt- Biltmore Hotel, you know about the Biltmore, right? That's like a super famous hotel. Um, he was there for a party for a New York's Giants player. Downs apparently spotted a fashionable and exclusive jewelry shop. This is what uh, allegedly sparked his brilliant and nefarious plot. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. Getting slipped. Getting getting. Mm-hmm. So weeks later, on March 19, 1932, Downs, who is now 49 years old, and another man named Edward Carlson, entered the jewelry store that Downs had spotted, and they were armed. The jewelry store manager and employees were removing jewelry from a window safe when the two uh, men entered brandishing guns. The men forced rubber balls into the mouth of the staff members and restrained them with cords. Um, After securing the staff, Downs and Carlson stripped the entire store, showcases, vault, everything. They even took a ring off the manager's finger before leaving. Wow. Yeah. From professional baseball player to armed robber, that's insane to me. Yeah, it is. All told, the bandits made off with $52,000 in gems, gold, and for, like, this is a direct quote from the newspaper wow. at that time, loot. Loot? Loot. loot. I don't want no loot. Loot. That's worth approximately $1.13 million. Hey, Dr. Evil. In today's economy. That's crazy. Wow. $52,000. Okay. I was like, damn. When I read that, well, and then like in all the articles, they just say fifty-two thousand dollars. So when I like did the the conversion, I was like, holy, like they must have been like, woo, you know, like fifty-two thousand. Only nine days later, nine days, on March twenty-eighth, Downs Carlson and a third name man named uh, Eugene Jones, who was only twenty-two years old, um, were arrested at a hotel in downtown Fresno. Downs and Carlson both confessed to the robbery. And Jones was arrested for possession of some of the goods. Like, he had them. So maybe he drove them or was an accomplice in some way. Wow. According to Downs, the plan was to wait until the heat died down mm. and then sell all the stuff, you know? Gotcha. But the manager of the store recognized Downs. He knew who he was. So all the stolen merchandise ended up being found in that Fresno Hotel's basement, buried like pirate Ooh. treasure. Hey. So that sounds took, like fun. They like took all of it down there and buried it in the basement. They're like, we're gonna get away with this for sure. It went from fifty six thousand to negative. I'm like a famous local baseball playing celebrity, and these people. Yeah, I you're so Who just said that's a good idea? Man, goodness. So down was ended. Uh, he ended up being convicted of first degree robbery and sentenced to five years to life. Well, what? How do you go from five to life? <laughs> 
it was the 1900s. But he, oh, he ended up being paroled, though, after only three and a half years and returned to Iowa. They have parole back then? I guess. <laughs> so all the robbery, Downs was quoted in the, this is that art, the quote that I was mm-hmm. talking about, like, uh, he was quoted in the Los Angeles Times newspaper, uh, March 29th of 1932, as saying, to the police detective when he was arrested, liquor has put me out for the third time. First, it caused me to lose a place in the big league, where I might, by this time, have been a successful manager. The second time, it threw me out at the Coast League, and now it's got me into this jam. I'm like, no, sir, you it's sort of you. made all of those choices. That, that was all you. Mm-hmm. You made those choices. Oh, my gosh. So, sadly, liquor ended up being the real, like, bane of Down's life because in 1939, at age 56, only seven years after the robbery and a mere two and a half years after his release, Downs died of cirrhosis of the liver in Council Bluffs, Iowa. He was buried in Neoa Township Cemetery in Neoa, Iowa, Iowa, where he was born. Wow. This way, this man was just, he just went from left to right real quick. There's just, I don't know. You know, there wasn't a lot about his upbringing. Though right. So who knows, like, how he grew up or true, true. whatever, you know. And of the times, you know, it's like, who becomes, an, like, this is why you know prohibition did not work. Because the man became a terrible alcoholic in the 20s. Girl. Like, he was in the 20s. That was, like, the height of prohibition. <laughs> who in the world is like, hey, this guy's so famous. Let's go rob a jewelry store and they won't notice us yeah they won't know who we are people you have all these people like living this life and like free and easy and it's the 20s and you know he's a professional baseball player and i'm sure he felt like he was sort of a big shot to like drink your life away like that though that part for me that was so sad it was like and he even says it he's like you know i i I ruined my career with the major leagues i like got even kicked out of the minor leagues because of it and I, it, it feels like he was trying to turn himself around by, like, making that organization for, you know, bad right. baseball players who right. were down on their luck or ill or whatever. But how was he going to fund that? By robbing places? Well, he wasn't even working for them by the time that he did this. Like, he was totally – he did that for a year. And well, to go from major to minor, which – I, I don't know. He made that choice too. So to me, right. it was definitely an alcohol issue, which is sad to see. And then you see like guys like Babe Ruth who were like flaunting, yeah, drinking and carousing. Or Daryl Strawberry, or Daryl who I Strawberry. did last week, you know, where like, it was like he was bringing it to the clubhouse. I, yeah. It's just, it is very sad. And I you still, see it, you know, it's, like, it's the life of excess. Even back then, when they right. were making that kind of money, yep. but you see, you see, you know, like Babe Era was in his. His timeline, you know, he they played. So you see someone like him becoming famous and doing all of these things. And I'm sure, you know, there's like a sense of like jealousy. Or this is just how you behave. So I want to tell a little bit of a cool story about this card. So this card, I went to Culture Collision, you know, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I had met a man there who sells like primarily like cool like weird story cards like that's his his bag and actually i told him i'd like to bring him on to be a guest at some point because he's just like 
he has a plethora of knowledge about these like mm-hmm. weird old crimes from like vintage days. But he was telling me about that he had this car and I was like, oh my God, I really want one. And he's like, I only have one. It's on eBay. So I started following his eBay. I found the card. I was bidding on it. I fell asleep and I oh. missed it by a dollar. Like it, like I lost the bid by a dollar. So fast forward, like I, I, I text him because I got his number at the show and I'm like, oh, I missed that card by a dollar. So I'm following all a bunch of other ones on eBay. And like a week later, he messaged me. He's like, hey, the guy never paid do you want it? And I was like, yes, I do. So he, yeah. I paid for it and he sent it that day and now I have it. So that's that was freaking awesome. I, I like cards like that. You know, um, maybe I'll do a guy on here or girl that will have a card, but I haven't done anybody yet that in the next one I'm doing, isn't got a card either, but I think that's really cool. I think that kind of brings it back to what our foundation is of wanting, you know, how it collates with, the card company or card and hobby and sports and i i think that's really freaking cool honestly i i'm a little jealous oh our um dangerous games crime macabre collection is growing i will post them i do my goal is every episode everything that we do i want to have a card to go with it and i'm just going to create this like really cool collection of these people who we are talking about and how they kind of shaped, you know, now they've shaped a collection and they shaped the face of the sport. I appreciate you for joining me today. And uh, I hope you guys all found this story really um, as intriguing as as I did. And, uh, you know, I I probably do a couple more of these stories because this is like, that's like my wheelhouse. It's what I find really interesting. Like the older cases, these you know, these athletes that, that didn't have it, like the ones now do like, and not that voice to the old. Yeah. So until next time, thanks for joining us and please like subscribe and follow. If you want to hear some more crazy crimes from sports and athletes. Yes, please do. Alright, have a great day. Bye.